Hi, this is the Organisational Success Academy from the Oxford Review, bringing you the very latest research in leadership, management, organisational development, design, transformation and change, human resources and human capital, organisational learning, coaching and work psychology from around the world to make you the most up-to-date and knowledgeable person in the room. Okay, um, we're going to have a look at a a paper looking at a a thing called psychological uh, entitlement and how people who have a kind of higher level of psychological entitlement, they end up stopping other people getting promoted within organisations. This is an interesting paper. Yes, yeah, interesting from a variety of different angles. I must say, I, I hadn't come across the term psychological entitlement before reading this. So I was really mm. kind of, you know, you sort of um, think, oh, I'm curious what that's about, and even as, as well as having a sense of maybe what it was going to be about. But it was interesting dipping into um, what that construct was about and then also looking at the way in which that plays out in um, social or group settings. Yes, yes. And uh, this idea of... The, the paper really kind of revolves around the idea of kind of rules, rule breaking mm. and kind of social norms, particularly within kind of societies and cultures uh, and organizations. And that um, this idea that kind of the social norms and the rules that guide and constrain behavior um, within any kind of society or in any organization um, and that they're kind of the norms are the kind of arbiters of kind of order within the organization and actually they're part of the organization and mm. structure of society anyway. Yeah. And that there are a, like a lot of people conform to most of them. They'll break some and then there are other people who seem to break those norms in quite a big way. And as a result of breaking that, they end up getting a kind of a status. Yes. You which know, was this idea like of the stars yes and, yes and that from that they yeah. may then have a sense of psychological entitle, um, entitlement within that particular context yes um, that people that do things differently if you like almost that kind of challenge the way in which things are done here mm. um, may actively make them stand out to be something that is you know gives them like you say a kind of status within the group an authority so mm. they'll they'll dress differently yes. in ways that most normal people wouldn't and you see this with yeah. pop stars and actors and things like this yes and then the, the, the what the paper's saying is that for some of these people who do that on a kind of regular basis that because that gives them an enhanced status mm. they end up feeling entitled mm as a result of that enhanced status. And then what they do, once they start to feel entitled, and that's what this is interesting, well, then what they start doing is they start applying the rules to all the other people. They become like the police almost, of making sure everybody else sticks to the rules, but then. Yes, so they become enforcers of the rules in spite of the fact they're that breaking initially <laughs> yes. their kind of status within yes. the group arose because they were challengers of the rules. So it's a yeah a curious right. kind of cycle, if you like, that's playing out. Yes, and there's kind of a hypocritical element mm. to this, mm. where they start to constrain and control other people and make them stick to the rules and highlight people who don't don't stick to the rules, you know, the other rule breakers. Mm. And what the paper's doing is looking at that 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 issue of of, of psychological entitlement. Um, so, so what were the main things that 
that you found interesting mm. in this paper? Well, so there were a few things. One, I think social norms are really interesting and what are the yeah. social norms within different groups and then what happens around rule breakers, if you like, and the way in which rule breakers are perceived within an organisation. Um, and some organisations where rule breakings almost encouraged or, you know, and as is suggested in here, that there might be certain individuals that as a result of this kind of challenging of the social norms actually achieve a certain kind of status, as opposed to um, cultures where actually that's suppressed more. Mm. Um, and this idea of, um, so I'm very interested in um, Michelle Gelfand's work. She talks about this idea of tight cultures versus loose cultures, and that being about how stri- strict or permissive, if you like, would be um, analogous terms, but you know, how tight are the rules enforced so in a looser type of culture where actually there's more flexibility and variation within the way in which kind of social norms are expressed, mm. more permissiveness versus tightness. Um, and she suggests that some of this, that what influences this, her research suggests, is around um, threat. So the amount of threat that there is perceived or objectively real, if you like, i.e. a virus outbreak or an earthquake or, you know, some kind mm. of um, that sort of um, threat. Um, how how strong that is affects where people tend to go, you know, to tighter tends to be the orientation people shift more towards under threat yes. circumstances. So I find this whole thing about social norms and individuals within social norms um, and how power plays out within all of that, I think is very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, particularly so uh, some of the stuff that I've looked at around cultures, but around cults and things. So mm. the cults themselves are often rule-breaking in, in as much as they don't comply to the social norms of the environment that they sit in. They sit outside of that, but within the cult itself, there's quite usually quite strict rules quite and tight. adherence. Yeah. And if you don't adhere, yeah. even though they're rule-breakers themselves... If you don't adhere to the cult norms, you're out. Yeah. Or something horrible happens to you. Yes. And then you see this, as you say, this kind of tightening towards more and more conforming. Yes. And making people conform so it becomes more authoritarian. Yes. We see these drifts in society anyway, and we're kind of, you know, we're kind of picking this up in, in elements of what's going on in the West, political elements of (coughs) moving more and more towards you know, less permissive societies where the tighter norms where, you know, we're creating outsiders and insiders. And, and that th- this paper seems to be suggesting that, the, that this idea of psychological entitlement mm. seems to be behind this. It's kind of an ego defense state almost. Yes, that but, seems like a really good way of reflecting, I think, what they're describing, isn't it? It's almost like... I now need to defend the position that I am in if we're talking about it in an individual perspective or if you're talking about it in a group perspective, that you know, we need to defend this, therefore we enforce the kind of norms and rules more tightly as yes. a defensive strategy, which would reflect some of what Michelle Gelfand's work around because now I perceive mm. a threat to my um, status, my my status our group yep. status, our organisational status, etc. Yes, um, and what, what some of the things that I've seen in some of the other writing is, is this idea of uh, of getting to a position and then pulling up the drawbridge. Yeah, yes. You know, so I, I, in order to protect my castle, as it were, I, you know, I've got here by breaking all these rules, um, but I'm not letting anybody else in because if they come in, they may challenge my status, may challenge my authority. Yes. 
it's almost an openness mm. up until a certain point, and then yes. it can kind of shift into this tight or closed yes. um, kind of approach. Yeah, and now I'm going to be the arbiter of the social norms. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that they're yeah. they're stuck to. And you, you kind of you think back in history, you know, mm. things around, you know witches and you know all of those kind of things to do with social norms mm-hmm. and, and oppressing yeah. a, a group of people in any kind of way yeah. and and tightening the rules in a society or in an organization and you see these kind of waves go through of, of this and yeah. and what this this study which which is really interesting is around this idea that underneath it all seems to be this idea of psychological entitlement. Mm. Um, so w- what are we actually talking, what, what do we mean when we're talking about psychological entitlement? Mm. And that's that's one of the things that it, it kind of goes into. And so there's a number of studies previously, kind of 2005, 2016, places like that, found that um, entitled individuals um, often break the rules in order to enhance their social position, and then show that they've got authority, power, and dominance, and that this form of psychological entitlement stems from an association between an inflated self of self, uh, an inflated sense of self-importance, which results in a continual round of status-enhancing behaviours, frequently involving violating social norms. And further studies in 2018-2019 have shown that psychological entitlement tends to develop. In, in, and increase people's motivation to dominate others and engage in behavioral strategies that further enhance their psychological status mm-hmm. or their social status. Um, and a more recent study in 2018 has found that psychological entitlement is closely connected to a series of self-promoting values such as concern with achievement, gaining power, dominance, and improving one's social position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of think about some you know, leaders and politicians and how they're acting. Yes. It's yes. This. It seems definitely like there's quite a lot of this, doesn't it? And yes. um, playing out in all sorts of ways around us at the moment. And I'm sure, and, you know, in an organisational context, you know, we can all think, I'm sure, of um, situations where we see that kind of pattern growing. It's interesting as well. The other, the other thing that strikes me about this is... Um, Often, I'm often with clients. I'm you're, when you're trying to look at. So when I think we, if we kind of pull back a little bit from thinking about social norms, thinking about what are the mechanisms by which we enforce or manage or introduce social norms into an organisation, it's often around policies and procedures, and we kind of put in place frameworks which are about saying these are the ways in which things are done here. Yeah. Um, and then there's the unwritten, the kind of the stuff that maybe isn't as clearly or explicitly stated. But it's very interesting sometimes who are the individuals that if they're performing effectively, but outside of the kind of authorized ways of working here, mm. um, if they're successful performers, how the organization deals with that and the degree to which actually that still is driving and sometimes in some organizations almost little power bases or kind of subcultures within the organization that uh, it seem to be exempt from the rules that everybody else seems to apply for yes. which when it's the thing that's interesting about it i think is that when that's done 
openly and with intent and there's a rationale behind it in the sense that actually over here we operate in a looser way let's mm. say in um, R&D activity yes. that because it's much more appropriate to the nature of the work that we're doing and over here so this idea of how we calibrate um, yes. social different social norms mm. that are required mm. but in a more deliberate way yeah. as opposed to them happening almost in a more emergent way that then is not dealt with or recognised and you end up then with this kind of pull and pushback and tension within the organisation. Yes, I, th I think underlining, uh, underlying that is the, the kind of psychological intent. So mm. if, it's, if, it's, if it's around a, aggrandizement, making myself look better mm. or kind of ego, mm. so ego building and things, mm. That's a very different kind of rule breaking than somebody who doesn't have that kind of ego, but is breaking the rules for more pragmatic reasons because yes. they've found faster ways of working or shortcuts yes. and things. Yes. And what's interesting about this is it, it's kind of showing that those people who are just finding shortcuts and there's no ego behind it, they're, they're not there to try, you know, they're not likely to start making other people stick to the rules, even though they're breaking the rules, they're, they're quite laser fair themselves. They'll say, mm. yeah, okay, if it's working, that's fine, mm. which is very different to the people who have this underlying ego and they sense, they get this feeling that they have to defend that. Yes. And then they start to create more rules or they, they create a tighter kind of organisation around that to make sure that other people are. Mm. And it's that lack of almost discernment within the organization of working out going on. Yeah. you know why is yes. this happening is this yeah. person doing this because they're trying to make themselves look better and for mm. status reasons mm. or they're actually doing it for pragmatic reasons or they're just lazy yes you know, as well yes you know? yes there's many times when Which I is not to be yeah. underestimated because actually it's yeah, yeah yeah it's just yeah yeah but that's not an ego-driven thing no no so they're very different, and and that's what this is kind of highlighting. This this psychological entitlement mm. is this idea that it's kind of ego driven yeah. stuff, and and it it creates all sorts of problems in organisations mm. because you've got you know, and we all know, we've probably all worked for managers or leaders who you think, hang on a minute, you're doing that, but if I do that, you come down on me like a ton of bricks. Yes, and there's that lack of coherence almost they're not role models no and and it's that there's a it's very disparate kind of behavior it's like they're doing this over here but over here they're they're making things harder for everybody else yeah which is which is part of the issue and, and in fact they go on to talk about psychological psychologically entitled people the kinds of things that they're more likely to do which is engage in unethical practices allocate more on earned money like borrowed from um, business and, and charity to buy and maintain high status icons such as larger houses cars for example mm. the use of strategies um, for their own position at the expense of others claiming higher salaries than colleagues because mm. they feel that they're they're entitled to it without any kind of reference to what the colleagues are, are, are offering and doing as well that they expect to be treated differently and better than anybody else, and that they expect other people will spend more time on them. Mm. So you get that real kind of sense of almost psychological neediness mm. to be fed, almost. Um, and and a, a study in 2017 
uh, has found that there are a series of negative responses that people with psychological entitlement um, come out with, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Things like acts of aggression, they're quite willing to cheat to win, um, acts of revenge, calls for retribution against other rule breakers, um, calls for disproportionate levels of punishment for rule breakers. You know, it's a, it's a bit like the, the kind of witch thing, you know, mm. burn them at the stake, a little bit over the top, you know. <laughs> and rejecting and ensuring other norm violators are found and punishing them harshly. Mm. And, you know, we, there are political leaders like that, both large in society political yeah. leaders, but within organisations. Yes. And they have... Quite a detrimental effect within yes. the organisation. Yes, and one wonders. I don't know did, um, the degree to which this overlaps with um, aspects of um, narcissism. And yes, you know, I'm, I think there. I'm yeah. I would imagine that some of the sub kind of components and things would, that there would almost certainly be some kind of relationship or um, overlap. I don't know. They, maybe it wasn't something they looked at in this particular research. No, they didn't. But, but yeah, yes. I would think. I would think that there will be. Um, yes. and, and there must be. We'll have a look, actually. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do another uh, podcast around yeah. narcissism because it's quite an interesting, quite an interesting subject, and it's, it's interesting not only just from a psychological point of view, but actually a relatively high percentage of leaders exactly. have been shown to be yeah. narcissistic. Yeah. So you know, it has direct import within within organisations. There seems some similarity in terms of the pattern and the process by which people find themselves in leadership positions as a result of demonstrating some of those kind of, you know, what's the pattern, if you like, that That's is right. meaning that within that social group. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And they, 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 this study, this particular study, this 2019 study, um, has, has um, had a series of findings around this, this whole idea of psychological entitlement. And yeah. the first one is that it predicts whether or not an individual is likely to become a stronger advocate of current social norms whilst themselves still breaking them. Mm. So you get that kind of that you know hypocrite hypocritical type behaviour. Yeah. Um, you want to have a look at the second one? Yeah, so the individual with a strong sense of entitlement is significantly more likely to restrict and punish other norm violators, as we were talking about, and that those punishments will be significantly harsher than um, low entitlement individuals would prescribe. So the degree with which they're reacting and responding to those sorts of things. Yes, yeah. And it, as I was saying before, this kind of hypocritical stance yes. that high entitlement people take. And the, the, the study found... Um, that this tend to be aimed at maintaining the group or society status quo as a defensive routine in order to maintain their own social status, uh, status. And such individuals are significantly less likely to be interested or act out of a sense of fairness. Rather, they're significantly more likely to be acting out of a sense of status preservation and self-interest. In effect, people with a high sense of psychological entitlement break the social norms in order to maintain their authority and dominance, whilst at the same time pulling up the drawbridge and ensuring that other norm breakers can't challenge their position. And this, I think, the um, as the research kind of concluded that in organisations that that was found to have a significant and negative impact on the sense of justice in the organisation. I think that's a really interesting point. The 
the, the, mm-hmm. the perception of how people are treated within this organisation and what is seen as being kind of fair and just within them. Yes, and, and within the organisation, this idea of social justice mm. is being shared. There's lots. We've seen a lot of studies coming through around the importance of social justice or the, the perception of social justice within organisations, and that organisations that have low levels of perceived social justice tend to have higher turnover and higher issues to around bullying and lower productivity levels. So they've actually tied them in. Yeah, and. Organisations that have a higher perceived social justice tend to have things like better um, uh, citizenship behaviours, yes. better engagement, yeah. and a whole series of things. And so it's not just looking at productivity, but thinking about the the kind of the social justice that's going on within the organisation. Do people actually just feel that this is a fair organisation, and they like? You know, it's like anybody. If you if you're with somebody and you think they're being fair, yeah. or they're being judgmental have a completely different yeah. reaction to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really yeah. interesting paper. Um, so members can go into the membership area and if you just search for psychological entitlement, uh, you'll be able to get the full research briefing, um, uh, the references and everything else. Thank you for listening to the Oxford Review podcast. For free research briefings, audio and video research briefings, research infographics and a whole lot more, visit oxford-review.com. That's oxford-review.com. And please, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to us to have your feedback so that we can make this podcast even better for you. (laughs) ¶¶